Hamlet by William Shakespeare, Act One, Scene Two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Philippa. James Joyce in Context, Volume One, Telemachus. Hamlet by William Shakespeare, Act One, Scene Two. Elsinore, a room of state in the castle. Enter the King, Queen, Hamlet, Polonius, Laertes, Voltimand, Cornelius, Lords, and Attendants. King. Though yet of Hamlet our dear brother's death the memory be green, and that it has befitted to bear our hearts in grief, and our whole kingdom to be contracted in one brow of woe, yet so far hath discretion fought with nature, that we with wisest sorrow think on him, together with remembrance of ourselves. Therefore our sometime sister, now our queen, the imperial jointress to this warlike state, have we, as twere with a defeated joy, with an auspicious and one dropping eye, with mirth in funeral, and with dirge in marriage, in equal scale weighing delight and dole, taken to wife. Nor have we herein barred your better wisdoms, which have freely gone with this affair along, or all our thanks. Now follows that you know, young Fortinbras, holding a weak supposal of our worth, or thinking by our late dear brother's death our state to be disjoint and out of frame, colleagued with this dream of his advantage, he hath not failed to pester us with message importing the surrender of those lands lost by his father, with all bonds of law, to our most valiant brother. So much for him. Now for ourself, and for this time of meeting, thus much the business is. We have here writ to Norway, uncle of young Fortinbras, who, impotent and bedrid, scarcely hears of this his nephew's purpose to suppress his further gate herein, in that the levies, the lists, and full proportions are all made out of his subject. And we here dispatch you, good Cornelius, and you, Voltimand, for bearers of this greeting to old Norway, giving to you no further personal power to business with the king, more than the scope of these dilated articles allow. Farewell, and let your haste commend your duty. Cornelius and Voltimand in that, in that and all things will we show our duty. We doubt it nothing. Heartily farewell. Exeunt, Voltimand and Cornelius. And now, Laertes, what's the news with you? You told us of some suit. What is it, Laertes? You cannot speak of reason to the Dane and lose your voice. What wouldst thou beg, Laertes, that shall not be my offer, not thy asking? The head is not more native to the heart, the hand more instrumental to the mouth, than is the throne of Denmark to thy father. What wouldst thou have, Laertes? Dread, my lord, your leave and favour to return to France, from whence, though willingly I came to Denmark to show my duty in your coronation, yet now I must confess that duty done, my thoughts and wishes bend again toward France, and bow them to your gracious leave and pardon. Have you your father's leave? What says Polonius? He hath, my lord, wrung from me my slow leave by laboursome petition, 
and at last upon his will I sealed my hard consent. I do beseech you, give him leave to go. Take thy fair hour, Laertes. Time be thine, and thy best graces spend it at thy will. But now, my cousin Hamlet and my son, Hamlet aside, a little more than kin and less than kind, how is it that the clouds still hang on you? Not so, my lord, I am too much in the sun. Queen. Good Hamlet, cast thy knighted colour off, and let thine eye look like a friend on Denmark. Do not for ever with thy veiled lids seek for thy noble father in the dust. Thou know'st tis common, all that lives must die, passing through nature to eternity. Hamlet. Aye, madam, it is common. If it be, why seems it so particular with thee? Seems, madam. Nay, it is. I know not seems. Tis not alone my inky cloak, good mother, nor customary suits of solemn black, nor windy suspiration of forced breath. No, nor the fruitful river in the eye, nor the dejected haviour of the visage, together with all forms, moods, shows of grief that can denote me truly. These, indeed, seem, for they are actions that a man might play. But I have that within which passeth show, these but the trappings and the suits of woe. King "'Tis sweet and commendable in your nature, Hamlet, to give these mourning duties to your father. But you must know, your father lost a father, that father lost lost his, and the survivor bound in filial obligation for some term to do obsequious sorrow, but to persevere in obstinate condolement is a course of impious stubbornness. "'Tis unmanly grief.' It shows a will most incorrect to heaven, a heart unfortified, a mind impatient, an understanding simple and unschooled. For what we know must be, and is as common as any the most vulgar thing to sense, why should we in our peevish opposition take it to heart? Fie! Tis a fault to heaven, a fault against the dead, a fault to nature, to reason most absurd whose common theme is death of fathers, and who still hath cried from the first cause till he that died to-day, this must be so. We pray you throw to earth this unprevailing woe, and think of us as of a father. For let the world take note, you are the most immediate to our throne, and with no less nobility of love than that which dearest father bears his son do I impart toward you. For your intent in going back to school in Wittenberg, it is most retrograde to our desire, and we beseech you bend you to remain here in the cheer and comfort of our eye, our chiefest courtier, cousin, and our son. Let not thy mother lose her prayers, Hamlet. I pray thee stay with us, go not to Wittenberg. Hamlet. I shall in all my best obey you, madam. King. Why, tis a loving and a fair reply. Be as ourself in Denmark. Madam, come. 
this gentle and unforced accord of Hamlet, sits smiling to my heart, in grace whereof no jocund health that Denmark drinks to-day, but the great cannon to the clouds shall tell, and the king's rouse, the heaven shall brute again, re-speaking earthly thunder. Come away. Exeunt all but Hamlet. Oh, that this too, too solid flesh would melt, thaw, and resolve itself into a dew, or that the everlasting had not fixed his cannon against self-slaughter. Oh, God! Oh, God! How weary, stale, flat, and unprofitable seem to me all the uses of this world! Fie, aunt! Oh, fie! Tis an unweeded garden that grows to seed. Things rank and gross in nature possess it merely. That it should come to this, but two months dead, nay, not so much, not two, so excellent a king, that was to this Hyperion to a satyr, so loving to my mother that he might not beteem the winds of heaven visit her face too roughly. Heaven and earth, must I remember? Why, she would hang on him as if increase of appetite had grown by what it fed on, and yet within a month, let me not think on't, frailty thy name is woman, a little month, or ere those shoes were old with which she followed my poor father's body, like Niobe all tears. Why, she, even she, oh God, a beast that once discourse of reason would have mourned longer, married with mine uncle, my father's brother, but no more like my father than I to Hercules, within a month. Ere yet the salt of most unrighteous tears had left the flushing in her galled eyes, she married. Oh, most wicked speed to post with such dexterity to incestuous sheets! It is not, nor it cannot come to good. But break my heart, for I must hold my tongue. Enter Horatio, Marcellus, and Bernardo. Horatio. Hail to your lordship. Hamlet. I am glad to see you well. Horatio, or I do forget myself. The same, my lord, and your poor servant ever. Sir, my good friend, I'll change that name with you. And what make you from Wittenberg, Horatio? Marcellus. Marcellus. My good lord. I am very glad to see you. Good even, sir. But what, in faith, make you from Wittenberg? Horatio. A truant disposition, good my lord. I would not hear your enemy say so, nor shall you do my ear that violence to make it truster of your own report against yourself. I know you are no truant, but what is your affair in Elsinore? We'll teach you to drink deep ere you depart. My lord, I came to see your father's funeral. I prithee do not mock me, fellow-student. I think it was to see my mother's wedding. Indeed, my lord, it followed hard upon. Thrift! Thrift, Horatio! 
the funeral baked meats did coldly furnish forth the marriage tables would i had met my dearest foe in heaven or ever i had seen that day horatio my father methinks i see my father where my lord in my mind's eye horatio i saw him once he was a goodly king he was a man take him for all in all i shall not look upon his like again my lord i think i saw him yesternight saw who my lord the king your father the king my father season your admiration for a while with an attent ear till i may deliver upon the witness of these gentlemen this marvel to you for god's love let me hear two nights together had these gentlemen marcellus and bernardo on their watch in the dead vast and middle of the night been thus encountered a figure like your father armed at point exactly cap a pay appears before them and with solemn march goes slow and stately by them thrice he walked by their oppressed and fear-surprised eyes within his truncheon's length whilst they distilled almost to jelly with the act of fear stand dumb and speak not to him this to me in dreadful secrecy impart they did and i with them the third night kept the watch where as they had delivered both in time form of the thing each word made true and good the apparition comes i, I knew your father these hands are not more like but where was this marcellus my lord upon the platform where we watched did you not speak to it horatio my lord i did but answer made it none yet once methought it lifted up its head and did address itself to motion like as it would speak but even then the morning cock crew loud and at the sound it shrunk in haste away and vanished from our sight tis very strange as i do live my honoured lord tis true and we did think it writ down in our duty to let you know of it indeed indeed sirs but this troubles me hold you the watch to-night marcellus and bernardo we do, we do my, lord. my lord armed say you armed, armed my, lord. my lord from top to toe my lord, my lord from, from head, head to, to foot, foot then saw you not his face horatio oh yes my lord he wore his beaver up what looked he frowningly a countenance more in sorrow than in anger pale or red nay very pale and fixed his eyes upon you most constantly i would i had been there it would have much amazed you very like very like stayed it long while one with moderate haste might tell a hundred longer longer not when i saw it his beard was grizzled no it was as i have seen it in his life a sable silvered i will watch to-night perchance twill walk again i warrant it will if it assume my noble father's person 
I'll speak to it, though hell itself should gape and bid me hold my peace. I pray you all, if you have hitherto concealed this sight, let it be tenable in your silence still, and whatsoever else shall hap to-night, give it an understanding, but no tongue. I will requite your loves. So, fare ye well. Upon the platform twixt eleven and twelve I'll visit you. All. Our duty to your honour. Your loves, as mine to you, farewell. Exeunt Horatio, Marcellus, and Bernardo. My father's spirit in arms. All is not well. I doubt some foul play. Would the night were come. Till then, sit still, my soul. Foul deeds will rise, though all the earth o'erwhelm them to men's eyes. Exit. End of Hamlet, Act One, Scene Two.